Aloha, this is the uh, Big Island Hawaii Ultra podcast, and today's episode we're going to be interviewing Sean Mishler, uh, a local athlete here on the Big Island. So, and this is the audio version of our podcast. So, if you want to support us, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Hawaii Ultra and donate, oh, maybe a cup of coffee uh, or two uh, for our programs and stuff. But and if you need to email me, go ahead and email me at joe at joefireball.com. So please enjoy. Hey, aloha. We have Sean Mishler here today to talk to us on the uh, uh, Big Island Hawaii Ultra Podcast. Sean, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Thank you, Joe. Good to be here. How are you today? Did you go out for a run this morning? I haven't been out yet today. Uh been running pretty regularly though during this downtime and uh knocking out some nice slow miles and some pensive okay. miles to you, you guys to, you guys kill me because you talk about slow miles and you're talking the eight nine minute miles eight minute miles no i've been purposely kind of like i've i'm seeing this as an opportunity to like work on base you know just um slow down take it easy maybe run a little bit more than i'm normally used to and because uh, there's no run there's no racing to do so why not just go long and slow <laughs> well what the hmm, back in the day we used to call that doing lsd didn't we yeah, right. <laughs> so what, some lsd where did you grow up i mean i have no I, honestly i have no idea where you grew up or anything so uh, i grew up in kansas Northeast, uh, well, actually, um, strangely enough, I uh, was through the grade three, I lived in Norton, Kansas. And then after grade three, I moved across the state of the, uh, across the state of Kansas to Horton, Kansas. So Norton to Horton, huh? I had this idea that everything, every town name rhymed with Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Kansas and went to high school there, graduated and, and left, uh, when you were in high school, were you on any of the, any sports teams, organized sports teams or anything? Yeah, I, um, I ran track and I ran cross country. Uh, started that in middle school, I guess, running, uh, track. Um, and then I was on the football team too. So I did the double sport with football and cross country. Um, but, uh, I wasn't really into competitive running all that much, but I did enjoy running. Um, probably, you know, I wasn't that good at, um, at the uh, competitive side of it, but I did enjoy the sport. So, well, what distance, what distances did you do when you were running? Uh, when I was in track, uh, I don't even remember what I did in middle school, how I kind of got started with it, but in high school track, I did the mile and the two mile. Oh, okay. Okay. Did both of those. And then back then cross country was two miles, usually on golf courses. Yeah. We would, we'd go out and run on golf courses. And, uh, but my, I think it was my junior year. Uh, my high school did really well. We, um, we had one particularly fast runner and then, you know, with the team points, we got up there. So we, uh, we placed pretty high in the state championships. I want to say like fourth or third, for the team so was the good runner on your team was that jim ryan no it wasn't i don't go back quite that far 
Shows you how I go. A hell of a runner. <laughs> so Kansas, I remember what I remember from Kansas and the times I've driven through is uh, toll roads. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of open roads, and you know there's quite a lot of difference. Most people have the image of Western Kansas with the plains and the wheat fields yeah. and everything, and in Eastern Kansas, there's more of uh, some rolling hills and and winding country roads everything in western kansas is a grid and everything every side of the grid is a mile and that's called a section of land so if you just run a block you ran four miles so oh, oh wow <laughs> so you go this, quite this, a ways out there this, I, I do remember in the you know, when i was traveling through i would stop at the time and i would see a side road uh, along the freeway and stuff and i'd go I'm going to stop and run and I would park the car and go out and just do a run however long I wanted to do it. And it was great because I was living in Colorado. So this was like, Oh, flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Eastern Colorado is the same way. You know, it all, it's just, well, it's a ancient ocean bottom, but uh, it just, <laughs> yeah. just goes on and on until you see those Rocky mountains. And then it's, and it's a whole different story, but. When you're, uh, on the, when you're on the football uh, team, what position did you play on the football team? Uh, gosh, again, just, uh, I was, uh, I'm not even sure why I did it. <laughs> I wasn't that good at all. I just goofed off, I think, mostly. In uh, middle school, I was, I was a quarterback for a while, probably third string, I'm guessing. But uh, then uh, later, I'd. I don't know, I did a little bit of receiving and and defense and stuff. But, yeah, I think I just tried to stay active, you know, to the degree I could. And and uh, it was just a thing, you know. In the Midwest, you kind of have to, if you're a boy, you're going to, you have to join the football team. And I mean, if I would have had any sense about me, I would have golfed. That would have, that would have <laughs> been a fun thing. <laughs> I was just going to mention that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I, uh, I think all the kids, the the few boys that did join the golf team probably got uh, teased a lot. But in retrospect, that that was the that would have been the sport. Man, that'd been fun. Well, they probably made more at golf than you made at track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so where'd you go to? Where'd you go to college? Uh, UH Hilo. Oh, okay. So why? Why? What brought you? <clears throat> Um, well, um, my parents were divorced when I was young and my mom moved to Hawaii because, uh, we had cousins over here. And so, um, I would come stay with her, me and my brother would come stay with her in the summertime. And then we'd go back to Kansas for school. And I just loved Hawaii. And I loved that. Um, I really enjoyed the, the differences. I think, uh, it really opened my eyes in to a lot in a lot of ways but um i really i mean it's radically different um to go oh, to Kansas? yeah yeah <laughs> you know that was uh well she was living in eva beach then and then eventually and still now out in wyanai and um so you know to go to wyanai and then west uh eastern kansas um it's just so so different uh in so many ways and um but I just fell in love with Hawaii. I just knew it. There was a point in my life when I knew. And I think 
I, it really sunk in for me the first time I came to the Big Island. I was like, "Ah, oh, this is mm-hmm. it. This is this. I'll I'll end up here one way or another someday." <laughs> um, yeah, funny how that happens. Yeah. I did go to a couple years of college over at Leeward in Pearl City, and then um, you know they just had an associates program, so I transferred over to UH Chilo. That was my opportunity to get over over here was uh, to come do a ba- finish my bachelor's degree. Did you have yeah. brothers? You had brothers and sisters, yeah. I have one brother, younger brother. Oh, okay. He's over in Hawaii now. Oh, okay. So you both kind of picked Hawaii. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I did uh, three years in the army before, um, you know, in between that, getting out of high school. So I was in the army. I, I guess, you know, started college a little later. I didn't go right out of high school into college. I mean. I really, I wouldn't have had the money to do it. So that was one thing the military gave me was the, the new GI bill. I was able to go to college on that. So. Oh, well, thank you for your service. Certainly appreciate it. Especially back then too. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually in a very fortunate time. (laughs) I landed right in between all the conflicts. The only thing that was going on when I was in basic training was uh, Grenada. When, uh, remember when. Yeah. Reagan deployed some soldiers down to Grenada and uh, yeah, they, you know, the drill sergeants were, they were having a ball telling us how, you know, you, you guys are going, you're going to, you're going to the meat grinder. You're going to Grenada. And of course it was over by the time we got out of basic training. Thank God. You missed (laughs) a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was in the infantry, so I would have probably not been in the greatest position to go to war. <laughs> well, well, then that was, you know, with a pack, uh, hiking with a pack, then that actually probably led to your early training for ultras, self-supported ultras. Yeah, yeah, in a way, uh, a lot of the, the walking we did uh, was, was very similar. I mean, in terms of uh, the... Uh, keeping it together and learning to endure the pains, especially on the outer edges of the experience. Um, it's the same, you know, when in, in some ways carrying something heavy on your back and walking and walking and walking. Uh, uh, those long runs are, are, are similar yeah, in a lot of ways. Interesting inside your head. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the surroundings change not too much, but the, the, it's the, the what goes on inside here sometimes is very more challenging than the actual course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got to learn to, okay, what am I going to do for the next X number of hours <laughs> inside, you know? <laughs> so what was, what was your, uh, did you start out doing five Ks, 10 Ks, marathons, hundred milers? Mm, no, uh, the, the long distance running is pretty new to me. I really didn't have a sense of people doing that until uh, fairly recently. I didn't know that um, there were real long runs and that people went out and did, I mean, certainly not hundred miles or 50 miles. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that, that distance. I, I honestly, in high school, I thought a mile and two mile was a long way to run. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was endurance running, <laughs> but I liked the, um, the style of that running, you know, where you went farther than what you could sprint, you know, farther than you could go all out. And um, yet there's that sensation of, of 
pushing yourself over a duration at that time, you know, you know, a couple, couple miles, you're, it, the duration is actually not that long, but, um, you know, you can extend that out and that's really what a, a 10 K and then a half and a marathon and, you know, and then, then it starts to change. I think after that, you know, at 50 K 50 miles or so, uh, at that point, it's just so damn far that you got to come up with a different strategy. <laughs> I used um, to, yeah, back when I, I think increasingly I would, I would just go a little bit farther. Um, but I started, uh, with, uh, well, I would do some races when I was up at, um, I was stationed at Fort Wainwright, Alaska in Fairbanks and, uh, they would oh, have, okay. have races, you know, in the community there and, I would do some 10 Ks and half marathons and things like that. Not a lot though. Um, but, uh, that was about it. Did you get to explore Alaska and were you there? Cause I visited up there in 1972, 73, no, 74 and 75. I had a friend stationed at Fort Richardson. So I oh, okay. chance to go up and explore the Valley of the 10,000 smokes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I did. Yeah, I got out there quite a lot. But, uh, you know, we were light infantry uh, stationed in Fairbanks. And our whole job was um, kind of strategically positioned against the Russian front in the Arctic setting. So what we would do is uh, they would fly us out in helicopters just way, way out there in the middle of the tundra and drop us off. And that's where we would and we did that all winter long and we kind of had summers off. That's when we maintained all the equipment and that was our downtime. Any off time was done during the summer, but the winter time we were out in the field, way out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, oh yeah. I saw some, just some amazing stuff up there flying treetops with a, in a helicopter, like in a Huey or a Blackhawk with the doors open, just, right over the treetops and the elk and the bears and everything running below us. It was, it was amazing. Pretty impressive animals there. Yeah. The bears are a little bit bigger than you think of bears usually. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, you know, I kind of had the same reaction. And when I first saw a black bear, I thought, okay, yeah, this is recognizable. And, but there's grizzlies up there and I saw some grizzlies and they're just, they look cartoonish. They're so <laughs> They're enormous. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we uh, we usually made enough noise that they would stay away from us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep a wide berth. But I, I loved Alaska. It was beautiful. Yeah, I remember, uh, you know, we went up to Denali and stuff. And, and I actually went up as far as uh, Kutzeboo and Nome mm -hmm. and got, got in a fist fight in a bar. Yeah, and, yeah, that's an Alaskan thing to do. <laughs> but yeah i loved i loved it out there it was it was uh you know still which i'm i don't know we should ask uh uh beaker you know how it is if it's still rural and stuff up there but i yeah i don't see how it cannot be it's just as right you know yeah on the way to Nome, outside of fairbanks there was a um i don't remember how far it was i want to say 30 miles north of fairbanks maybe there was a great bar called uh, skinny dicks halfway in <laughs> it was oh, okay. okay a fantastic place to go and and they had a whole back area where they would do these big cookouts and stuff in the summertime 
I don't I don't recall ever going in the winter if they were even open. I don't know. Well, I remember the summers because I was up there in the summers and, you know, I went to school in Minnesota, so I had enough winters to deal with. But up in the summer where the sun would just kind of come down and then go back up. Yeah. 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 In uh, Fairbanks, they have, um, gosh, what do they call those? Um, well, on June 21st, it's basically a party all night long. Just It just goes. But, but yeah, I, I remember being out. And then looking at my watch and it's 4 a.m. And I got to be in, I'm running at six, you know, I got to be in formation and PT in like two hours <laughs> and I'm an hour from base. <laughs> yeah. But you were younger then. Oh yeah. 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 That was a different time. <laughs> well, you, so you've covered flats in Kansas and certain wilderness in Alaska and then Hawaii and specifically, uh, when you, what was the reason that you, well, not the reason, but uh, when did you first hit the Big Island to be here permanently? Um, yeah, so I did uh, two years of my undergraduate in uh, Pearl City at Leeward. And then to finish up, I came over here to Hilo uh, to finish up a, a bachelor's degree in English. And... Um, so at that point, yeah, I knew, I knew I was going to stay. I just, I was so sure this was it. And then I met my wife and she got accepted to graduate school in New York Ooh. and we left two years later. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we went because she's from here and she was uh, raised in Hilo and, and, um, uh, I also uh, applied and, and got accepted and, and we both went to graduate school then right in New York City. So, and we stayed for 13 years. Uh, my daughter was born there and, and uh, you know, professionally things just worked out really well for me and everything, but man, it, it, it was a tough, tough decision for me to choose to leave Hilo because I just wanted to be here so bad. Ooh. But, you know, I knew I had to do something else you know i need i graduate school was good for me and professionally and all that so that's so we took off and went i mean to go from uh, from hilo to new york new york new york oh yeah yeah we we were at uh at columbia university which is right on the um upper west side like 120th street 116th was is the subway stop um, but she went to the medical campus, which is even farther up uh, in Washington Heights. And I had never been to New York at all. I never stepped foot in the city. So I didn't know what to expect, anything like it. And we flew to California, uh, stayed with her grandmother for a little bit, and then got on a train and took a train across the U.S. Holy smokes. We walked all. <laughs> yeah, we bought these uh, Amtrak tickets that you could buy back then where you could go across the whole, you could go anywhere you wanted and you could get off the train twice and uh, get back on. And then your last time on your third time off, you were done. That's where you had to stay. On. <laughs> so, uh, so we got off in, <laughs> I think it was Dodge city, Kansas and Kansas city, Kansas or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> because that's the only two places I had family and friends. <laughs> the rest uh, uh, that, that wide open. Sense. <laughs> that makes sense but yeah that was a pretty pretty amazing trip it was uh it was wild but when we were um there's two things that 
from that train trip that really stand out in my memory. And one is, um, you know, of course, a lot of people smoked back then in those days, but you had to smoke in this one certain car. And it was the same car where they would put this T, they had this TV set up with cartoons playing all the time. So the kids would sit around the TV and watch cartoons with a whole ton of adults standing behind them, just chain smoking. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't seem real well thought out, but. <laughs> uh, different time, yeah. And then the other thing was right as we're pulling into Penn Station in New York, we're getting really close at this point. I don't, I think we just got a hotel that night or something because we didn't have our student housing yet. And so we're talking to somebody who is, you know, allegedly from New York and he tells us that, oh, Penn Station is, you know, it, New York is super dangerous. You, you just, you got to make a beeline, get out of Penn Station, you know, get to the cabs right away and then get to your hotel and don't come out. <laughs> and of course, there was nothing farther from the truth. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was, um, it was, it was funny how he, uh, he, he completely overplayed that. But, you know, I didn't know. I mean, he had my attention for a while. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get shot in Penn Station just trying to get to the cab. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I was actually, I was accepted to Columbia back in Oh, the were you? Yeah, yeah, but I, there was Didn't no go. way I could afford it. So I was like. Yeah, I know. I, I went to uh, UH Hilo and then Columbia. Oh, my goodness. What a difference in cost. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But I bet you that was, pro I mean, because uh, a lot of times when they, you know, the parents ask me about talking to their kids about what the kids, you know, KQs need to do and stuff, I, I disappoint the parents because I tell the kids, get off the rock, go see the world, go to a bigger place. And in a lot of ways, that's the purpose, I think, like you're going from UH Hilo, you know, small town to the big city to get, and it must have yeah. given you great perspective on people's capabilities and and what's possible oh yeah yeah and while I was in graduate school I did a lot of uh, project work that some of which was in uh, South uh, Africa I went to Ethiopia I went to Kenya went to all these places and and that was a really interesting perspective as a runner too because Ethiopia and Kenya you know are huge huge places and you talk about a different a completely different perspective and attitude about running. I mean, these folks have nothing. <laughs> and so yeah. running can be their only ticket out, but the competition is unbelievable. You know, <laughs> so the, you know, you're one in a thousand, you might have a chance of making a team, but they work so hard to get. And, you know, that's why when we do see runners from Kenya or Ethiopia here in the United States, they're, they, they've got a million people behind them that didn't make it, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I still remember um, Honolulu Marathon maybe three or four years ago. We were staying at uh, Fort DeRussi at uh, Halikoa. Mm -hmm. And uh, the day after the race, I went out to the little park over there. And there were all the Kenyan folks from the race the day before. And they, they just, you know, they were talking, talking to me and asking me if, I did the race and I said, yeah, I kind of, I kind of did the race. And they said, did you finish? And I went, yeah, well you, then you did the race. And mm -hmm. they were just happy to be out there to run 18 miles the next day. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and I mean, just a great attitude about running and great attitude about being in Hawaii, certainly. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. So uh, that was just part of your graduate studies was to go to uh, different projects? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, I had a professor that I worked very closely with and he, um, he had a focus on uh, sort of world issues, sustainability issues. And so that kind of work sort of took us in a lot of different directions. Um, but I worked very close with him and he was a runner too. And he, uh, he, he was definitely an inspiration that uh, helped keep me going in terms of running. And, and then, uh, you know, Columbia's got some great, great people. There's an economics professor there that um, worked with the uh, United Nations on, on various initiatives to eliminate poverty, um, Jeffrey Sachs. And so I went uh, to Ethiopia and Kenya with, uh, with his efforts. And uh, um, yeah, we even took a trip, me and a colleague, and then two other people that we just met, we took a a trip up to the Eldorado area, which is kind of the sort of the ground zero of the Kenyan marathon training training area. That's that whole area. So you see a lot of people out out running well, with nothing. Great. You know, that's a, a, that's another thing about the sport. You know, it doesn't require anything. You know, you can you can do it with uh, very little uh, investment. Yeah, I mean, uh, and if you need to get to the, I imagine if you need to get to the next village, you might not have a car. Yeah. How how do you get to the next village? Right. Yeah. Or school or anywhere you want to go. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's like my generation is famous for saying, oh, I walked a mile to school. And yeah, in their case, they probably ran a 5K to school at the middle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So your is your wife still in the medical field and stuff? I don't even know. Uh, she is, yeah. Um, she's a physical therapist, um, but she uh, does mostly writing. It was funny because the uh, listening to Sarah's uh, 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 video cast, um, it, she does similar work, I think. Uh, so my wife does a lot of medical writing. That's sort of her context uh, for medical journals and and sort of medical marketing type stuff that sort of thing um but it's also she is a physical therapist she just doesn't practice anymore but uh i give her a opportunity to practice once in a while <laughs> smart <laughs> man who marries a, marries a physical therapist yeah. <laughs> yeah i can keep her in work <laughs> does, she, does she come to the races and stuff have i met her no no, no. she doesn't no, she's not a runner really herself. I mean, she, I mean, she wouldn't appreciate me even saying this, but she does go out and run, but she doesn't, she doesn't run in public. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's what I like consider myself. I don't really run in public. <laughs> <laughs> no, the public just happens to be there. I'm just out for a run, damn it. <laughs> well, the most, the most public we ever had at a race was the, um, Path run the week before Ironman, yeah, uh, in two thousand and five or six when we had the earthquake. Oh, and everybody on Elite Drive and on the hotels they had to evacuate the hotels, so they were all standing along the side of the road, 
And that was that was a big audience that we had for a running race for once. Oh, so that earthquake happened right as the race was getting ready to start. It or was that Sunday before Ironman. I was driving from. I was living up here in one man, driving into town, and uh, as I went past the airport, the truck started to do this, and I'd been in an yeah. earthquake before, so I went, "Okay, I know what that is." But I thought, "Well, okay." I got off, parked behind Uncle Billy's. Watched the truck go like this, oh, back yeah. and forth, and went, oh, this is going to be interesting. And uh, yeah, got down there. All the everybody had moved up to Kokini instead uh-huh. of being down on Elite Drive. I called Jan War because you know, I was working for Ironman or volunteering for Ironman then, and I asked Jan, "Are we safe? Do we, you know? Is there going to be a tsunami?" He said, "No, we're clear." And okay, and we basically delayed the race, I think maybe a half hour or so. Wow, neat. And, and then just, okay, here we go. Yeah. I remember that earthquake. I was uh, on a ladder when it hit and uh, going up to the loft, and uh, my whole body went to one side. I just sort of swung off the ladder, but I held on. And I looked down, and there was a cat on the ground that was spread eagled, just like. <laughs> you know you usually cats are pretty cool about that thing (laughs) when that cat was trying to get its whole body onto the ground i knew oh this is big (laughs) yeah what the hell is this going on here oh kendra will appreciate that yeah right (laughs) yeah she certainly will so what's the uh you've done marathons right i have yep Yeah, you've done 50Ks. I know you have. Yeah, 50K is, well, it's the longest distance I've raced. I've done training runs longer than 50K before, but um, 50K is the longest I've raced at this point. I've done trail and road, and um, I like the the distance. Um, I've done a few marathons. They, I guess I've done marathons on road and trail too. Not too many on trail. You tend to not see them on trails too awful much, but, um, I, um, I guess I really got into the, the trail running scene. I was going back to work. I was working full time up until about a year and a half ago or so. And, and my work would take me to uh, Western Massachusetts twice a year. Oh. Well, it just so happened that first weekend in May was a, a um, race called Seven Sisters Trail Race up in um, uh, Northampton, Massachusetts area. And it was the longest spine of a mountain uh, range that um, the Seven Sisters were seven different peaks that you ran up and down and over. And you'd go all the way out and then come back. And it was a little short of a half marathon, something like that, but a tremendous amount of up and down and climbing. and uh, but you know, it just had all those characteristics of a great race. It was super <laughs> single track, beautiful scenery, and out and back. So you got to see all the really talented runners come back that way, yeah. and very technical. So you would run by somebody that blew an ankle, and they're laying groaning, holding their ankle <laughs> in the forest. You know? So, um, so I did. I was doing that race every year, and then from there, I just uh, picked it up and did did a few uh got a little bit longer a little bit longer did a did a trail marathon out there in connecticut one year i think that was a fall race and uh 
I'm not sure why they made the distance 26.4. And I don't know if it was like a tongue in cheek ultra marathon thing. <laughs> well, it, it's what, uh, where is it again? In, uh, in, in uh, Connecticut. Um, in, in, oh, in Connecticut. Okay. Chinipset, uh Trail Runners or something was the, the group, the club. It was very folksy, you know, very local. They gave apple pies for the, all the prizes. And, oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah, it was really, it was a great, great run. It was awesome. Yeah, I, th I think that's great to do a 20, 26.4. Yeah, so they like tacked a quarter mile on just to make it more than a marathon. <laughs> it's ultra then. It's yeah. ultra. <laughs> yeah, that was Let's a great see. one. So uh, I know a lot of, it's mostly triathletes who know this, but uh, do you know what your best time for a marathon is maybe? Hmm. You know, I'm, I don't know what, I'd have to say it's around, uh, it'd be between 3.30 and 3.45, somewhere in there. That would be my, still would be fast. my fastest. I haven't run a, um, a marathon for a while. In May of 2018, I was doing a 50K in Portland, Oregon, in Forest Park, and yeah. um, another beautiful setting for a race. Uh, and about six miles in, I turned my ankle pretty good, um, and it hurt. But I thought, you know, I can I can run through this. I can I can go beyond this, and and I really that was a bad bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> I had another marathon to go yet. <laughs> and turns out the injury was worse, <laughs> and I made much worse. <laughs> and it. I say it took me at least a year to recover from that. That ankle was vulnerable and hurt and it slowed me down. It took, uh, took, took away a lot of my desire to go long. And, uh, so then, um, I'm past it now and got to say that once I finally did get past it, it was, it was like uh euphoric almost, you know, it's like I'm back. I can run again. <laughs> well, that, it, it is funny. Sometimes that's what takes it. You know, for some people, uh, like a close friend of ours who had, she had a, a pretty serious injury, you know, not too long ago in a long race. And, and it does take going through that to, to understand, I think, better about who you are and stuff. I mean, I had a similar situation a long time ago. They used to do the Lonnie House Center, uh, used to do a firecracker 5K, a 5K and a 10K, 5K, 5K. Uh, which they were going to bring back this year too, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. But I pulled a groin and, mm -hmm. and, and dumb decision at the turn on Kuakini and um, uh, Queen K. I should have taken the ride back. Now I'll, I'll tough it out. Big mistake. You yeah. Know, it, and it was during the OJ Simpson thing. And I can still remember sitting in a chair hoping, watching OJ trial and stuff, and hoping that I didn't either sneeze, laugh, oh. turn my head the wrong way. Yeah, right. And every once in a while, still now, and I'll, I'll feel something down there, and it's like, oh, no. And, you know, but once, once you kind of, once, once you have some runs where you don't think about it, then it's like, oh, okay, I, I'm, I'm back. I'm okay. Of course, I should talk today. Uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, yeah, I, uh, oh, on took there. I took a little chunk out of the hand there. It's like, whoops. <laughs> oh, that happens.
<laughs> I fall every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Keeps it real. So have we you ever done, pay attention? Have you ever done a hundred K? Have you signed? Did you sign I up have, for Alex's hundred? I haven't signed up for that one. I'm signed up for their 50 K that, uh, you know, will be when it'll, whenever it'll be. I'm looking forward to that. I really hadn't done much, uh, running up on R1 until, I signed up for that and then went up and did a couple of exploratory runs and wow, what a sweet place that is. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I ran up there 20 years ago, you know, just uh. on a whim and stuff. Cause they used to do the race. Uh, well, Hurt used to stage that race from Hilo to Volcano or Hilo to Waimea and Waimea to Hilo to reverse it every year. And I, I remember seeing that road and I went, ah, I'll go up there one time, but I hadn't been up there in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I started going up there too. And I'm going, well, outside of the first four miles where it really sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. It's uh, pretty steep. Yeah. Well, it's consistent. <laughs> you know, like they yeah. say, like on the Hilo to Volcano race, there's only one hill. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, in, in that race, now, I think I joked earlier, can you turn around so I can actually recognize you? Cause that's like the only time I ever see you. Oh, okay. oh yeah. that, that's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> you did uh, this year's uh, Hilo to volcano race unsupported. You carried all your stuff, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did uh, the year before. Um, I think it was a year before, maybe two years before my wife supported me and would stop every so often a couple miles or so. And it was just a pain. And I thought, oh, forget that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to, um, I just made up some scratch and some little Ziplocs, threw them in my pack. And then I stashed water bottles along the way so I could just mix it right in my pack and go. And it was really fine. And, you know, that's another thing I do a lot of is backpacking. And um, so it, you know, it kind of made the running experience a little closer to the backpacking experience. I mean, I don't, tend to stash food out along the trail when I backpack and pick it up along the way or anything like that. But, but well, yeah, that was, um, I just had the, the powder mix and, and water bottles every, I don't know, five miles, something like that. Yeah. I remember you joking yeah, as you passed me one of the times and stuff where you said, Hey, does anybody reporter an old guy with white powder in a baggie? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> yeah get hauled off to jail halfway through the 50 K. So what do you use? What do you use for nutri nutrition? I, I knew scratch. I knew the doc who invented scratch way back when, cause I was hanging around with Lance Armstrong and those guys. So besides scratch, what do you use? Um, I've been using this, uh, uh, SIS science and sport. Yeah. I think it's the real watery stuff. Yeah. Cause I like that, in, you know, Supposedly, you don't need to take it with water. I do, but um, it just goes down so easy. You know, it's not goopy or anything. So um, I use that. I really, you know, I'm lucky. I don't have any uh, GI issues, really. Um, you know, and but then again, I haven't really gone the long, long distances. Um, I probably will be moving into some of those longer races here uh, in the next year or two if everything goes well. So nutrition and my strategy around nutrition, I'm going to have to put probably more thought into it than I have in the past, but. I know PB and J's tacos and fireball. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did run a, um, 
a marathon, a trail marathon one time and I hit an aid station and they had Twizzlers and I grabbed Ooh. a whole handful of them and ran with those and ate them. And they were, they were the best red licorice I've ever had in my life. Right there. Oh, yeah. What's, what's your uh, shoe of choice nowadays? Uh, I just recently, um, well, I probably on third or fourth pair, but I run in Hoka's now. All um, the Clifton Five and the Speed Goat Three, um, both of them are kind of older models, um, but one they're one model back. But um, I, with that ankle problem, that you know when I hurt the ankle, um, it you know how once you have one injury, you tend to create new ones because yeah. you change yeah. your posture and your form and everything. So. So I ended up with a um, problem with my heel and then it became my heels. And then I, I was running in Nikes and ultras and I just thought there's just not enough shoe here for me. And so I switched to Hoka's and I really, they, they served me well. I mean, I, I love that extra padding. What's, what size are your shoes? My shoes are 10 and a half, I think. Ah, darn, darn. I got a pair of Hoka uh, Speedgoat 3s, but I, it's a size 12. Oh, really? Yeah, they're a little too narrow for me, so. Yeah, I've heard people say that. And I and running in the outros before, what I liked was that wide toe box. Um, kind of, they sort of feel like slippers in a way. They're that comfortable. Um, but, you know, I think tightening up on my foot like that might give me a little bit better stability on the trails for, um, you know, not having no play in there side to side yeah. as you hit an uneven surface and your foot might slide a little bit. That doesn't happen now. And I don't have any, you know, I don't lose toenails. I don't get black toenails. I don't, none of that stuff. So no blisters, anything like that. Uh, pretty rare. Um, um, what kind of socks do you wear? anything cheap costco socks <laughs> <laughs> i have what we used to have yeah when i run honolulu marathon i tend to bring over a pair of those iniji the ones with the Inigi, toes yeah. yeah so i'll bring a pair of those just because it's so hot you sweat so much and i think the sweat going down into my shoes tends to make my toes blister in between them so by wearing those toe socks that that problem goes away but well my joke is that's, that's the only way i can count unless I, <laughs> I can't get above 10 otherwise so <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, now well, i should mention i'm going to mention tailwind right now because tailwind oh, yeah. is nice enough to uh, uh make me a tailwind ambassador or a, a trailblazer so i get some free tailwind stuff now thanks thanks to them and i've actually I, I've done the SIS and stuff, and I've tested a lot of and Scratch. You know when Scratch yeah. first came out, they, there's Scratch bars now, isn't there? There are. I've not tried them, but I make a lot of my own stuff too. Like if I go on long runs, training runs in my neighborhood, um, I tend to go stash stuff alongside the road so I don't have to carry anything. I do uh, have one of the Salomon vests um, with a water oh. bladder in the back yeah, yeah. and a couple yeah. of water bottles in the front. So I can go a long way, um, but I'd prefer not to carry that if I can figure out a way to avoid it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've used Tailwind too. Um, Tailwind was a sponsor of that Seven Sisters, so they had that at the aid stations. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, I, 
that that's a good one too. I think Tailwind's very similar to Scratch in some ways because you get you sort yeah. of get a full nutrition profile, right? Yeah. The the thing about uh, and I also had used to have uh, S. Oh gosh, I can't remember what is S something or other, and it didn't have quite enough potassium in it. And but mm. both Scratch, I mean Scratch and Tailwind are both uh, sugar. I mean, yeah. And in the case of Tailwind, it's strictly, I mean, it's glucose, it's dextrose as glucose, which is uh, your body assimilates it really well. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what scratch sugars are, but they, I don't think they have like maltodextrin or anything like that, which is, you know, where people, I'm lucky like you, is I have literally no GI issues out yeah. there. I'll eat anything that anybody sticks in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't have too many issues and stuff with it. Although I, I do have a fond memory. I've told this, I think every podcast now at uh, Rocky Raccoon, which I did last year with Sylvia. And I still remember being out in the middle of the night in the dark. And from the distance I could hear Rah! somebody oh, was yeah. throwing up in the distance. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> I have, I haven't, uh, I haven't been there yet. And I hope to never get there, but I don't, I'm not sure you can go, you know, really long distances without experiencing it at some point. Well, supposedly the theory is, is that you haven't really gone as far as you can until you've done that. (laughs) You know what? The last time I, oh, I should probably knock on wood and stuff. But the last time I had GI issues was Honolulu Marathon. Five years ago, a bunch of us went to the the pizza place over by the harbor, Harbor Pizza. Okay. And a couple of us got food poisoning. Oh. And it was after the race, so it wasn't you know big deal. Yeah. But it was like, why am I all of a sudden throwing up? And it was. Yeah. Tomato sauce, apparently, and stuff. Yeah, I got food poisoning, or I thought it was food poisoning. I'm still not sure now, but I just went over to Honolulu before all this COVID thing came down to run the 10K, the King's Runner one yeah, over yeah. there by Thompson Park. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was I was throwing up all night long two nights before, and then uh, I still did the race, but it was a mess. <laughs> I mean, I, for, I forgot my race bib. I, <laughs> I didn't feel good. <laughs> But uh, it's that yeah. age group thing, yeah. And yeah, higher age groups. <laughs> that stuff just kind of happens more often. Yeah, right. Well, I remember to drive all the way down to Honolulu from Waianae to pick it up on Saturday, and then I forgot to bring it to the actual race on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so how how has the whole COVID thing affected your training and stuff? You're just running in the neighborhood, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm running in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, Todd's also Todd Moronik is a um, yeah. volcano runner too, and uh, he and I had such a great rhythm going where we would just about every other day we'd get together, we'd go to the gym up at KMC and and uh, run together. And he runs faster than me, so you know that was really helping with my pace and everything. And and by both of us. Uh, we keep each other honest, you know, showing up, doing the training. And, um, and then this all came down and, and that's, and, you know, we just lost the park, uh, for the volcano. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. were locked out of the, uh, cause that's where we do all our running is right inside the national park. And, uh, 
um, we were locked out of that for what a year. And, um, now, uh, got, got back in there. They're still working on trails. So a lot of the trails are still closed even from the earthquakes. Um, but you know, we still, um, we did, we did the best we could and, and did a lot of running in there. And then now this, now we've thrown a monkey wrench into our training plans again. So yeah. And that, like I said, I'm just, I'm running in the neighborhood. I'm, uh, I'm tending to do sort of the same, uh, boring route that I do, but I'm, I totally, uh, uh, what Sarah was saying resonated completely with, with this route that I'm, there's really nothing to see and nothing. So it's, it's just purely mental for me. I just go out and I think through problems, you know, work or life or how the hell am I going to solve this coronavirus issue? <laughs> so yeah, I kind of just get lost in thought now and I go out and run and, and uh, realize I'm back home before. <laughs> Luckily I can do it all on autopilot. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because the repetition I don't know. I'm still undecided. Sometimes I think it helps. Um, sometimes you, it's, it's like you said, you know, it's like, oh, wait a second. Where am I? You know, after about five miles, it's like my my theory always like I, I didn't like I don't like to run on elite drive that much because yeah. I know exactly where I am at every yeah. spot on elite drive. And I'd rather not know where I'm at. Yeah, right. No, yeah, no, there is something that's nice about that to, to sort of, you get in the flow so deep that you, you really have to work at it to reposition yourself. It's like, okay, where am I? And if you're doing that in trails, you know, trails, they change so much here and there. So you really, you might have to run a little bit and that's, it puts you off a little bit, but you, um, but it's a, it's an interesting experience to just, I'm flying down a trail and I don't even know where I'm at <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> well, I think the younger the younger generation now, because I listen to like uh, Rob's podcast and stuff, uh, is you're in the flow, you know, which mm. takes on a different takes on a different meaning here for us on the on the Big Island because of lava flows. But uh, yeah, you're in. Yeah, the is that Rob Carr? Uh, no, no, this is uh, oh, what's Rob's last name? He does uh, one of the ultra running podcasts. He's a he's a friend of uh, Matt Daniels. He did. A oh, okay. You know who Rob Carr is, right? Or, mm -hmm. You know what is what he looks like? He's like one of the first ultra runners with the big long beard and everything. Yeah. Well, I um, I did that ra that race where I did that fifty k. I also did a half marathon, Forest Park, Oregon. And I showed up there that morning. You could do big bib pickup that same morning. So I showed up early, which I like to do. And uh, I thought to myself, man, everybody looks like Rob Carr here. You know, everybody's <laughs> walking around with these long, dark beards and short, close cropped hair and everything. And so we did the race and everything. And I um, got my whatever at the end and went home, looked at, at the results online. First place, Rob Carr. He was actually there. <laughs> I wonder if he thought, damn, everybody looks like me. <laughs> so why'd they put up all these mirrors? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the good thing about trail runs and stuff. It's like, I can still remember the first time I helped at uh, the Way Too Cool 50K. 
Mm. A friend of mine, Gary Wang, was doing it, and I was over there to get some medical stuff done. And so I, I said, well, I'll join you and stuff. And I helped out at an aid station for Julie, the race director. And I'm talking to this old guy afterwards, uh, you know, and I don't think anything about it. And he says, oh, yeah, I've done the race a few times before, blah, blah, blah. And it, really nice guy, super nice guy and stuff. Well, it's Gordy Ainsley. Oh, wow. Who, you know, was technically the first guy to run the race. Yeah. Our man would dispute that, but, uh, <laughs> you know. And so now when I do races, like I did uh, the Brazos Bend 100, 100 miler, there was Gordy, you know, and he was trying to make uh, – they made a qualification for him to get into Western States this year that he would have to finish a hundred miler. And he didn't, he had to quit at about 60 miles or so. And oh. Gene Sykes is the other guy. Gene Dykes is the, the other guy there. And that's basically the three guys I got in my age group. Now Gene, who has done a marathon, uh, sub three marathon at 71. <laughs> Gordy Ainsley, and then there's me way in the back. <laughs> Yeah, I just watched that uh, movie on Western States that they're running for free, I think on YouTube, uh, about the Western States. Was it 2010 or so when they had the sort of the four big superstars all racing each other? And But yeah. Gordy is in it, and they they talk about the roots and the genesis of the of the race. It's a really interesting story. I mean, if you ever get a chance, I don't see Cowman very much anymore. Yeah, I haven't seen him around for a long time either. I think he's, he was living in California for a while. I think he's living at the, uh, uh, the retirement center in Kona still, okay. but he's, he's had phlebitis in his legs and stuff. Uh -huh. But if you talk to Ken every once, I mean, if you can get, ever get an opportunity to talk to him, Oh, he'll talk to you for sure. And he can tell you all kinds of stuff about the first few years of that race and stuff. And, Gary Wang, you know, Gary's a good friend of mine. Gary documents a lot of the, has documented the, a lot of the stuff on Western States and he's done it. Gary's only done it 10 times, you know, and so he's got yeah. a thousand, thousand mile buckle and That's stuff. Amazing. And I'm going to hit up, I'm going to hit up Gary Robbins uh, sometime. Gary, if you're out there listening, I'm going to, I'm going to interview you. I'm, I'm focusing now on Big Island people because I think it's important to get everybody's story out here but I'll, I'll interview hopefully Gary will let me interview him sometime or another and we could start talking western states if you had a dream race if there was a race that you could qualify for and there was no expense involved you got a race in mind that you would want to do um you know one that has caught my attention is uh the Orcas Island races oh, yeah. up there tough race yeah. it sound up there um, all out on an island and I don't I don't know that area of the country all that well I've been through there a few times um, but uh, it certainly has has captured my attention and so yeah one of these days I might might race up there and be fun so what have you got uh, the have you signed up for anything this year or you signed up for oh the yeah gosh I had uh, yeah I had that uh, King's Runner race I had Hapalua which got yeah. deferred all the way to next year i think is what we're going to do with that one i had one in may um, my daughter's supposed to graduate from college so i was going to do the uh, race in forest park again that got canceled that was may and then i was going to do the pancake run uh macathon yeah that yeah was just a couple days ago or would have been yeah um i'm signed up for the half at kona 
Um, oh, the Kona at Waikoloa? Yeah. Brent's race? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that will get canceled at some point. He, he has, I kept, I've kind of kept an eye on the webpage and stuff and he, he's not even mentioned anything about anything. So. Huh. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I agree with I you. Can't imagine. I can't. I can't imagine they can pull that one off. Um, then, um, yeah, you know, I I've kind of had in the back of my mind of of uh, thinking about running Peacock this year over on Oahu. Oh. I don't know if I'll do the just the one loop or both. I'd, um, if I just do one, I'd have to endure Justin's ridicule about going half cock. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's on my list too. I'm going to interview that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nick uh, really, I think uh, Nick sort of um, saw the light in that race and he certainly sparked my my interest in uh, in that one. So, And that's just on the other side of the mountains from Y and I where I kind of grew up. So, <laughs> oh, There you go. Oh, oh, that's true. I keep forgetting that all you guys that have so much history over in uh, Oahu. I mean, I lived there in the late eighties, early nineties. But I mean, back then I was just riding a bike pretty much and just doing the road races. Yeah. Yeah. You get up on the top of that mountain up there and you can see both sides, you know, you can see the whole point Kaena is right out there at the end, but you can see Yokohama, you can see Makua, all those beautiful, beautiful places on the West side of Oahu are visible from up there. But that's gotta be a tough race. I've hiked that area and it was hard to walk up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but my my uh always saving grace is well i don't run that much faster than i walk so no let's yeah that and i'm also signed up for honolulu marathon this year i went ahead and signed up when they had the cheap cheap oh, fare for five dollars uh, or whatever it was yeah. yeah the local rate was cheap and now now we have southwest so i can fly over pretty cheap so good thing i didn't know i'd be broke because all the work would go away but, <laughs> but yeah, i mean i i had not signed up the um i'm signed up for the ohia half and um i had not signed up yet for um Kauai marathon which oh. have you ever done Kauai? i have not no oh you'd love it it's hard is it yeah at mile 18 you go up uh, into the little town where there's a golf course and you run around the backside of the golf course. And then from like 18 to 21, it's Coloco. Oh. You know, and at that point in the race, it makes it very interesting. You asked Brie about it too. She did oh, it a couple wow. years ago. And Gosh, stuff it's it, been but... 25 years since I've been to Kauai. I, I should go over there. That sounds really interesting. Get hit the hills at that. I mean. Oh, yeah. They have, they have halals at every aid station. They have uh, drummers at every aid station. It, it's, and, it's, and as far as scenic, it's probably the most scenic marathon you're ever going to see. Yeah, I bet. Tough race, though. Tough race. Not, a, not an easy race. It's the toughest of the regular marathons that we have on the island. Well, speaking of tough races, I'm also signed up for the Ka'u Coffee Trail Run. And, oh. uh, and I am signed up for uh, the Ohia Run here in, in Volcano Village, of course. That's my neighborhood run, so race. You, but yeah, that, that Ka'u Coffee Run, that's a, that's a beauty. DFL, last year, <laughs> man, DFL for me. Yeah. 
Dead yeah. last. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had locked some of the gates, too. Oh, really? Yeah, there was like three of us running towards the back there, and we got to one gate, and it's like, oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's a beautiful place to run, and it's the only time of year you could run, so why not make every moment last? <laughs> and I tell you, that, that race is comparable to uh, some of the tough races in Texas. Oh, yeah? Done, you know, a couple of races in Texas where there's tree roots all over the place. Yeah, it's not as bad as hurt, but yeah. there's there's just stuff to trip on everywhere, and at Kiowa is the same thing. You know, there's mud, yeah. there's rocks, there's you guys. Of course, you guys fly downhill. I I admire you so much. Uh, I have, I'm a little scared of it now with the ankle, but uh, the confidence is coming back. I'm, yeah, I I think I had a pretty good race this this past September. I think that one went went well. I know I had fun. I know yeah. I remember. I you know when you get up there by the reservoir and yeah. then you go down a little bit and then it opens up and you can see that whole beautiful vista. That was epic that day. Oh yeah, that was, the weather was gorgeous this year. Yeah, it was an awesome day. Really something. And there was actually, there was a little tub of cookies waiting for me at the finish line, even though Kendra had left already. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I finished with Brie. I think, it, I don't think it was this year. I think it was the year before, but um, she's all recovered now and running fast again. But there for a while when she was still rehabbing, I could almost keep up with her. And so that was kind of special. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for some of us, that's our only hope. If somebody's right, injured, no, I count on them injuries. <laughs> injuries, cramps, they're my best uh, strategy. Of course, they got to be in somebody else, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about running in Luna sandals and stuff to, to uh, get your ankles going? No, no, I'm afraid the um, I, I might be past uh, the. Uh, tolerance for the I, I feel like I would need something to protect the bottom of my feet I, you know well, it, my, sometimes my feet hurt so bad or they used to before the hocus they would hurt so bad that um, I mean it's kind of a dark joke but I, I totally understood why uh, you know when that Abu Ghraib thing was going on and yeah. you'd hear about a form of torture beating the bottoms of people's feet yeah. get them to talk I totally understood that, you know, because you run a long way and your feet start hurting. It's like, oh my goodness, this is bad. <laughs> that that's what I've, and I'll, I'll give you a hint on the the Mondo Luna sandals. It's a fourteen millimeter, basically a Vibram sole. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I mean, it forces you to focus on completely on the trail and where you're stepping yeah. every step and stuff it's helped it's i think it's helped my ankles hopefully it you know from from doing summary i did Kauai marathon in it you know last year in, in a pair of sandals but uh i totally understand what you're saying about stack height i yeah. mean that's with with the ultras my favorite shoe is the olympus oh yeah it's now 33 millimeter stack height yeah, get that cushion on the bottom of your foot. Yep. You know, I don't count on it for necessarily the spring so much as 
I just wanted, that was the greatest thing about Hoka's when they first came out, the first Clifton. Mm -hmm. I can run over here. I don't have to worry about stepping on Kiabe. Yeah. To, you know, I could step on just literally anything. Yeah. Yeah, right. So when you go uh, planning out next year, let's say 2021. Yeah. Uh, you're going to do Hilo to Volcano again, you think? It's a, such I, an inexpensive race, I mean. Yeah, I probably will. Um, funny enough, um, a friend of a friend from Brooklyn, New York, after that race this year, got a hold of me wondering if, if the Sean Mishler he read on the roster is me <laughs> and that he turns 50, I think, that uh, next year. Yeah. And so – he wanted to run a 50K on his 50th, and he's looking at that one. And so I was like, well, you come over here. I'll do it with you. Kids. So, yeah, no, I, I like that race. I, that's one of my favorite aspects of the races here. I, I love the small races, you know, the, yeah. just the community. I mean, we got such a great running community over here, and it's always the same familiar faces all over the place. But that really just makes it. And, you know, if if – I am not sure I would enjoy running as much if I had all the money that would be required to go to a lot of mainland races and always not know somebody there. You know, I really, yeah. I yeah. really like going to the West side of the big Island, going down to Kau, going up. Um, you know, there's not a lot actually up in the North part of the Island, but. Um, well, we, and we're lucky too. you know, I guess we take it for granted. And it's like every weekend there's an event until yeah. COVID 19 came along every weekend there was a race of some sort a run of some sort whether it was yeah. uh you know the monoroad 10 milers the the monoroad 10s and stuff keith race and, and stuff there's another beautiful beautiful race everything every weekend yeah yeah no or or um there's just people doing things all over the place i mean run to waimanu with the group of runners or run to the summit of mauna kea or um, did that recently with Bree and Patrick and Jacob and it's just a kick. It's so much fun. Well, for a young guy like you, thank God you're not in my age group. You're not, not even close to my age group. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think I'm, I'll be in that 25 to 30 next year. So. <laughs> well, you and Todd, I still remember Todd when he did the, um, Oh, that, that bike race they had in Kona where it was like an obstacle course. Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, he does the, is that the dragon one? No, 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 this was, this was a, a, like, it was right on the soccer field next to the swimming pool. Oh, um, okay. On a swimming pool. And it was like, I'd seen Todd before floating around and doing races and stuff and riding a bike. But there was one spot where the bike, it was so steep uphill that you had to get off the bike to do it. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, he was just jumping off the bike like he's 19 years old. And I'm going, <laughs> my God, you know, how do yeah. you guys do that? And watching <laughs> right. you guys, you guys run when it comes to obstacles and stuff, like a Kau, you just, is there, is, where do you focus when you run? Do you focus close or you focus far? Um, I focus far. Uh, I focus out because I trust my feet will know where to land when I get to that spot. But I absolutely do have to scan the ground, especially when it gets particularly technical or there's, you know, 
what really I think uh, tires my mind so much is when the like the grass gets deep and I don't know what's there. And so it's like running by Braille almost. It's just wherever that foot lands, what am I going to find and how am I going to react to it? So that's the most sort of mentally exhausting uh, terrain, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of just watched the trail out maybe 10 feet out in front of me. And then I know my feet will land in the right place at that point, but I got to see it. I got to know what's there. Oh, gotcha. That's what makes uh, Kau, that first part of Kau, challenging to me. It's, yeah, that's a tough one. It's like, man, I can't yeah, see we, it. There was a group of us not too long before all this came down, ran uh, the, you know, the Pu'o'o Trail off of Saddle yeah. Road right yeah. there where people hike out and hike. So we started up there and, and finished over here on this side. So we, we went oh. all the way over. Um, you can end on Mauna Loa Strip Road. And um, so Todd left his truck over there and, and we caught a ride over. And um, But anyway, that, that trail was very technical. A lot of uh-uh. So, you know, even if you see it, you don't know if it's stable. It can roll underneath your feet. Um, so that one was, that was tiring and we got lost or, <laughs> off trail or whatever, but, uh, but it's, it's a great one. I mean, that's, uh, a, one thing I think a lot about on these trails is like, oh, why is this trail here? You know, who made this trail? Who, how many people had to walk this for it to be a trail? I think that one was an old, I think they used to ranch cattle up there. And they would take them down that trail. And then I think they would take them through the park all the way to Cahoe, which is where they would load inside the park there. They would, you know, um, load cattle onto these ships from long time ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because, yeah, the ranch is on the other side of the road there. It is. Yeah. It says Pu'o'o yeah. Ranch. And then, yeah. and then that trail in one shape or another, you could draw a line all the way to the water down at Cahoe or any of those areas. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's always been the best thing about the Big Island is there's, it's a big island. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, my, my, um, one of my um, most uh, interesting adventures was a solo hike that I did. Oh, this was a backpacking thing. Started down at the end of Chain of Craters Road where Pu'uloa is, where the petroglyphs are. Yeah. And picked up that trail along the water and went to Keahoe, went to Holope, went to Ka'aha, went up, and then eventually got onto the Inaho Trail. But anyway, I went to the summit of Mauna Loa from there, and then down the other side. So I went up Inaho, and then down the Reglon. So anyway, it was like seven days of, of solo hiking, and I think I saw two people the oh. whole time. Oh, man. So That's perfect. And, you know, the fact that you can do that, here yeah. just like walk for seven days and see two people <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i mean how how has it been in your neighborhood as far as lately as i mean i know where i i go there's a lot more people there's dog walkers there's oh yeah never seen running before oh yeah no i've i see so many more people in my neighborhood now and i'll run by you know some old fart will be standing in his yard you know just standing there and you think wow how long you been standing there but he like tries to strike up a conversation with me as i'm running by you know i think people are lonely <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they just want it's like hey wait 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 yeah. 
but um, there's so many people out now just walking and it's kind of nice to see. I, I like the thought of more people getting out getting some fresh air and getting some exercise. Yeah. I hope that I always encourage people when I do a little, I always do a video on it when I turn around on the run up there and I just go, I hope everybody's staying active, staying safe and exercising responsibly and giving. Oh yeah. Yeah. got to do that. You know, until, you know, it's, it's going to be a new reality, you know, whatever reality is, is going to come up, you know, in the months ahead and stuff. Yeah. This is a big one. I can't thank you enough, Sean, for the time today. Oh, no, it's been I fun. Mean, hey, you got any products you want to plug? Any potential sponsors that you want to reach out to? Hoka Shoes? You're listening? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about running is it requires almost nothing of me. <laughs> um, I do. I love my Hoka Shoes. Um, I don't know where I'll be in a couple of years. I may have new favorites by then, you know. Two years ago, ultras were it. I loved them things, you know, and uh, I loved the ground feel and everything about it. But um, no, I just I love to run. I love the community. It's 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 all good. I'm I can't wait till we can all get back together again. Oh, right on, brother. Right on. All right. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do like I said. I'm gonna go out here. Thank you so much for your time and stuff. Let me. All go. right. Take Hello. care, Joe says uh i'm only going to remove you digitally i'm not going to remove you at all from my okay, life okay so i won't disappear right no no you'll disappear from my end oh okay thank you sean all Have right, a good thank one. You. see ya okay oh i can't thank sean enough that was great uh, i appreciate his time and uh his attitude is again it's just so great uh as far as like he said I've, you don't need anything to run. You just go out there. You don't need a sponsor to do it. You don't need um, uh, yeah, a lot of equipment, certainly. That was always the one thing about running that's been great. You know, I think in everybody's lives has been to be able to just go out and do it. And again, I, I would shout out to uh, Tailwind. I have Tailwind right here. Uh, my uh, rebuild which I need to rebuild after every run nowadays, uh, it seems like. Uh, but a shout out to them. Again, uh, hashtag go Tailwind and hashtag uh, Tailwind Nutrition. And to uh, any, anybody who wants to follow our podcasts and stuff, there's a couple ways to do it, a few ways to do it now. We're on YouTube. And again, if you're watching it on YouTube, you're probably already there. But if you go on YouTube and search for It'll show up uh, usually if you go Big Island, Hawaii, Ultra, uh, the channel will show up. If you go onto iTunes now and search for the same thing, Big Island, Hawaii, Ultra, uh, we're up on iTunes. And on, uh, if, I, if I'm still doing uh, everything correctly with the interviews and nobody gets too mad at me, hopefully we can continue this for quite a while. Um, I want to get the stories of the people that I know on the Big Island here and people I don't know uh out i think it's important to, to be able to uh everybody to experience these people see what a great guy you know sean is and stuff and you can always email me at joe at joe fireball let's see i'll use this as a reminder here's a uh, fireball right here but joe at joe fireball will get emailed directly to me and like I said, you can also check out our website at uh, www.hawaiiultra.com. 
www.ethicsmartmoney.com or you can click uh, up here, oops, where am I? Up here to subscribe to the podcast. And over here is actually, uh, it'll be one of the other podcasts that we have going on and stuff soon. So I hope everybody's having a great day and staying safe. Aloha. Thank you.